So, um, I started my career as a high-tech journalist. And one day, uh, my editor told me, like, Chris, uh, we love your articles, but you always conclude that uh, it's not going to work. And um, then I realized I was onto something, because I was really trying to be objective, so it was not uh, my fault. And um, so I moved to Spain in 2007, and I decided to uh, start Low Tech Magazine. And Low Tech Magazine is a critique of the um, high-tech vision of a sustainable society. So, whoa. Okay. I'm not good with Apple computers. All right. Um, I think something went wrong already. It's quite typical whenever I come close to high-tech. Yeah. All right, so this is the um, part of my work is like uh, trying to explain why the high-tech approach to sustainability is not working. And the idea of high-tech uh, sustainable society is mainly like let's switch from fossil fuels to uh, renewable energy and uh, just keep on doing what we're doing. So living the Western life um, keep growing the economy, and uh, that's quite a problematic uh, approach, as I uh, try to explain in uh, the category of high-tech problems. And um, I have to keep this short, so um, I mainly want to focus why, uh, why renewable energy is not the, so the solution that everyone's talking about. Um, first of all, it has very low power density, which means that you need much more space, much more materials, to generate uh, a similar amount of energy as with uh, fossil fuels. And secondly, obviously, uh, wind, solar energy are not always available. So if there's no wind, if there's no, if there's no sun, you have no energy. And that means you have to um, build uh, infrastructure for energy storage or for uh, the transmission international network of uh, electricity transmission to kind of exchange renewable energy across uh, countries. Now, the problem with that is that you're actually overbuilding the infrastructure and that you need much more resources um, and time and money to make a switch to renewable energy. Um, so my point is actually that you have to uh, adapt society, technology, uh, lifestyle to another type of energy source, to renewable energy source. And um, which means that uh, renewables, renewable energy is less abundant and it is not always available. And with Low Tech Magazine, I try to look for inspiration in the past. So here you find some uh, examples about heating, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Um, and we consider wind energy, solar energy, like something that is new, but of course it is not new at all. We have been using um, windmills and sailing boats for uh, 2,000 years and even longer than that. And it really pays to uh, look back at history and see what we can learn from how people dealt with, with, uh, with these forms of energy. So, for example, you have the the history of wind power. So the question 
what I wondered was like, how did people in earlier times deal with the intermittency of, of renewable energy, like wind, uh, water power, but especially wind, because water power is pretty much reliable and you can kind of store it when you build a dam. Uh, but with a windmill, you cannot really do that. And, and the same with a sailboat, so you cannot really... Uh, yeah, you don't have a backup source in an old-fashioned sailboat. So I started investigating, like, how, how does it work to... Uh, how did it work in the past? And then I find out that people had some ways to kind of provide backup power. For example, they were using animal-powered mills uh, in times of, uh, of, of calm days. But uh, they only used it for, for processes that were really uh, crucial for uh, survival, like, for, for example, um, the food production, like uh, grain, the milling of grain. But uh, windmills were doing many more other things. They were, for example, uh, sawing wood, they were uh, grinding, uh, polishing stuff, they were cutting materials, um, they were making paper. And all these processes, um, they didn't use animals as a backup power because it was too expensive. Um, but what they did was actually, um, they only run their, ran their factories when there was wind. And when there was no wind, they were simply not running their factories. And the same was what happened with the sailing boat. So at sea, you have pretty more reliable winds and seasonal winds. And people adapted to that, so they knew when they had to uh, leave with their sailing boat, and when, uh, when not. So when there was no wind, there was no transportation, there was no industrial production. And somehow, uh, everything worked. So the industrial uh, production continued, uh, people had everything they need. Uh, transportation was global, so that's nothing new. It's not from the 20th century. And um, so the idea is basically that you use energy when it is available. Wind power, solar power, which was not really uh, used so much in, in the terms of industrial production in earlier times. And you can actually apply this um, approach to, uh, to modern technology. And so um, after the high-tech problems and the obsolete technology, which is where I'm looking for inspiration, you have the low-tech solutions that uh, try to take inspiration from the past and kind of apply it to the modern uh, society. And actually, all these industrial processes that ran on intermittent energy sources in the past are still very important. We still have to cut and saw and, and polish things. Um, we still have to make paper and everything. And those things could perfectly happen with an intermittent energy source. You don't really need uh, continuous energy supply to, to make paper or to saw wood. It just could happen whenever the wind blows or whenever the sun shines, because we have better technology now. Uh, we could use solar panels, so you could, could have a, a factory that is run by uh, wind power and solar power, and that runs whenever uh, one of two is uh, available. Um, the same could happen with um, sailboats, so there's, uh, there's many uh, arguments to kind of uh, get the sailboats back. And um, you could also apply it, for example, to trains. So you could say, like, okay, we just run the trains whenever there is wind or whenever there is sun. And that works especially well with cargo trains, which are just like cargo ships, not really tied to strict schedules. 
uh, they're often lying uh, waiting a lot a lot of time in in train yards or in or in harbors to until they're full for example so you could run a train whenever the wind blows and and or the the sun shines and you could also do it with passenger trains it's you could imagine like um you get up you look out of the window you see hi it's sunny let's let's go to Malmö and um of course it would kind of have quite an effect on how modern life would um would work but it's how it worked before and it's how it could work again actually and uh, another great consequence of that is that you uh, actually would produce much less stuff and we would transport less stuff and we would travel less and um yeah overproduction of of stuff of things we don't need is actually at the heart of climate change environmental destruction so from the moment you kind of adapt to the weather to the seasons uh, you have more seasonal production of of things you have more seasonal transportation you automatically uh, produce less things that we don't need anyway so um i also i mean you can also apply this thinking to the internet to the, to to websites and uh, it's a very it's one of the new technologies it's considered very high tech and um i often got a comment that ha ah, you're mr low tech and uh, you're using the internet the high tech internet to tell us to be critical of uh, high technologies and i always try to practice what i preach so um oh <laughs> i'm still at zero uh, minutes but yeah well technology <laughs> whatever um so i always try to practice what i preach which uh, for example i came here by train took me three days and uh, one night from barcelona um i took my office off the grid uh, stuff like that but then i thought yeah i should also kind of build a low tech website if that's possible and uh, two years ago i got an offer from uh, two uh, then students from uh, RISD in in the states to uh, to redesign the website and i thought okay this is the moment i also got a dutch artist on board which uh, is Roel Roskam Abing he accidentally just moved to Malmö so he's here um and we decided to try to build a low tech uh, website i think it's time for a snooze gets me less nervous um so how do you build a low tech website and the funny thing is that um what kind of became the idea behind low tech magazine like if you want a solution just look at the past it also applies to the internet to the website so what we did is we went back to the beginning the early days of the website um and in the 1990s people built not dynamic websites they built static websites um yeah first i have to say what's what's actually um what's the problem with the internet so the internet is kind of has a image that it is sustainable that it is a sustainable alternative for um for many physical things like transportation uh, reading newspapers and stuff like that but the problem is that it's the energy use is increasing extremely uh, quickly and it's becoming quite a, a problematic and 
if you look at what's actually happening, you see that it's not caused by a growing number of internet users. So the, the energy use, it increases much faster than the amount of uh, internet users. So what's happening is that each of us is actually using more and more energy on the internet. And there's two reasons for that. One is the increasing bitrate of the content. So uh, there's the internet started as a text medium, but more and more it became more visual. So you had more images, you had more videos, and then these images, videos, the resolution keeps increasing. Uh, so for example, if you look at the average website, um, it was uh, 0.5 megabytes in 2010. It's almost two megabytes today. So it's like, uh, big uh, difference. Uh, so it's, yeah, websites are becoming fatter and fatter. And the second reason is that uh, we are always online. So before you had access to the internet when you were at home, when you were at the office, or when you uh, were at the library. And today, uh, people are connected from the moment they get up until the moment they go to sleep. And those two things together uh, make it so that the, the energy use keeps increasing. And with our low-tech website, um, we uh, try to address these two issues. So, first of all, the static website. Um, these days, I mean, if you visit a website, if you... Okay, I have to click some... Yeah, we're now at the website. Here's the website. Um, if, if, you, if you visit a web page these days, it's actually not existing. It is only generated when you visit it. So that's what they call a dynamic website, because we want everything to be updated, eh? like the latest comments, the latest uh, um, likes, the um, uh, advertising keeps, keeps uh, being updated. And um, for, it's actually very resource intensive, because the computer, the server, always has to, with every visitor, has to create a new web page. And a static web page is just like based on file storage. It's just, just like when you access files on your computer, you just open the file, it's always there. And that means that you require much less energy from uh, the web server. And um, another thing we did is to... Um, is the images. So, I mean, we could have easily made a, a very energy-efficient website by just eliminating all the visuals. But it's quite, uh, yeah, it's an important appeal of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not connected. Whatever. Um, so it's an important appeal of Low-Tech Magazine that um, it's, it, it, there's a lot of visuals that you cannot see right now. Um, yeah, maybe, Ru, you have to, um, you have it on a stick, no? <laughs> or, or you don't care. Um, so it would have been easy to, um, to just make a super efficient website, eliminating all the images. Instead of that, we uh, decided to uh, go for an old compression technique that's called dithering. So you actually remove the colors, you lower the resolution, uh, it gets different grayscales. And um, yeah, it looks very beautiful, but you cannot see it. Rule, what would I be without you, man? <laughs> I should fly you in everywhere. 
Okay, so, um, but then I'm gonna have the same problem, right? Where's the internet guy or girl? Ah, okay. That's because all of you are on the internet, probably. So could you stop being on the internet? Yeah, so if you enlarge one of the pictures, you, you see what the dithering is all about. Um, we also use default typefaces. So actually, what the, the typeface you see is the typeface of the browser. So the website will look different depending on, on the browser you use and the, the settings of the browser. Um, we also don't have a real logo, so we just made this typographic move of the arrow, which refers to the earlier design, which was like a native Indian with a, with a spear. Um, and all these uh, kind of little tweaks, they kind of lower the requests to the server, and again, you, you save a lot of energy. And uh, by doing all these things, you uh, end up with a very uh, super energy-efficient website. And uh, that means, one, that you can run it on a, a very uh, small server. So we run it on an Olimax, which is like a type of uh, Raspberry Pi computer, just a little bit um, more powerful. And it consumes about one watt of power. Hey, we're back. So here you see it. Um, there's the, yeah, that's the solar installation. There's the website and there's the, the server. So it's um, at my home. And um, yeah, that's one thing. So you have, it's very uh, low energy. Secondly, it's accessible for people with uh, slow computers, old computers and uh, slow internet connections. Because what we call the World Wide Web is actually just a half the World Wide Web because in, in many countries you cannot access the websites that we make here. They're just too resource intensive. So we got mails from people in, in countries that say, finally a website we can download. Um, and um, secondly, if, it's so, uh, if you have such a low energy website, you can actually host it yourself, which would be impossible with a dynamic website for WordPress, for example not just because of energy use, but also because it would be an easy uh, target for hackers. So our site can, I mean, you can send a lot of traffic to it to try to get it down, because, but because it's so energy uh, efficient, it takes a long, long time. And by then, we already see what's happening and we block you. So it's basically unhackable. And, um, oh, well, it just got hacked. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, maybe I should not say these things. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, and the great thing about self-hosting is that you can also uh, choose your own um, power source. So I decided to put a uh, solar panel on the balcony uh, where I live, which is close to Barcelona in Spain. Uh, it's a 50-watt solar panel. It's quite big for the, for the server, but that's because in mornings it is uh, shaded by the building itself, so it only has like four to six hours of, um, of sunlight. And um, where are we? Ah, yeah. So at the moment, we are at zero percentage battery, which means I have to hurry up. Yeah, so this is uh, more or less where, where it is located. So the internet is really gone. <laughs> 
And it goes offline when it's cloudy. You already got that. Um, why? Because what I explained earlier. So it would be perfectly possible to design a website, a solar-powered website that's always online, but that means that you have to have a huge battery storage and a larger solar panel even, because um, even in Barcelona, you have now and then you can have a period, say, of one week, two weeks of bad weather. And uh, to bridge that, you really need a big, big storage. And that would be very expensive. Um, it would take a lot of space. I mean, it has to fit on my, bal my balcony. And it would be very unsustainable because you need a lot of energy to produce those batteries, which only last for a few years. You have to replace them. So any off-the-grid power system that is 100% reliable is by definition unsustainable. So you need to kind of um, take that into account. And so I will show you the battery if the internet is still there. That's the server, and here's the battery. So it's a LiPo battery that actually goes with Olimax, and then we have, uh, that's very small, and then you have the uh, a very old lead-acid battery that I recycled from another application. Um, and that's it. So the, the, the website has enough energy storage to get it through the night, because otherwise people, for example, in the US would not be able to, to visit the website unless during their night. Um, and um, yeah, and of course it's a bit unhandy. Ah, yeah, sorry, I lost. So, it, but if it's bad weather, it goes down pretty quickly. So, if it rains uh, with just a cloud cover, it's quite okay because the solar panel still generates enough energy to to keep it running. But um, um, when it's bad weather, when it rains, it goes down. Of course, that's not very practical, so what we do is we, um, we help people plan their visits. First, there's the battery meter, which you cannot see now, either because we're not online or because the website is about to go down, because at the moment the weather is really bad in Barcelona. So climate change is good for Malmö, but apparently bad for uh, Barcelona. So I should really, I should really move here. Um, so the battery meter, you don't see it, but it's normally right basically in your face because we also want to show people have this idea the internet is in the clouds, it's sustainable, but there's a whole infrastructure behind it that we make clear with this, this battery meter that people actually, some people complain about, like get it out, get it away, but we really keep it because we want to uh, kind of educate people about the energy use. And then we have a weather provision uh, because, of course, the readers of the website are not necessarily in, um, in Barcelona, so you need to know which weather it is in Barcelona. So here, usually, you have a forecast for the coming days, but we're not online now, so um, you cannot see that. And um, we also have offline uh, reading options, so you can download the whole website on your computer. And uh, we also made a printed version which is, as you can see, it has the, the, it's a perfect copy of the website. It has even the web address of, uh, of the website on the spine. And so, yeah, it's the ultimate low-tech website. It's kind of like a big middle finger to the internet. Like, in the end, you could just print a book and sell it. Um, 
which also um, solved kind of how to finance the website, because before it was running advertisements, which is not really compatible with a low-tech web design, very resource-intensive. Uh, trackers, uh, you have to craft cookie warnings. We don't have that. We don't track anything or anyone. And uh, so now the book is kind of part of how to finance uh, the website. I think I, have, I need to stop now. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs>